Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Movies in a Podshell podcast. The podcast which takes a theme and picks two films to fit that theme. This week we're discussing horror favourites and we have way more than two films to talk about. I'd say as always I'm joined by Johnny but he's not here, he's busy, he's part time. Instead I'm joined by now our most frequently returning guest. She's been on almost as many times as John. She's fighting for the co-host status. And we're probably going to have to start paying her. Uh, please welcome back to the pod, Kim, our resident horror expert. Hello. I think expert is a bit much, but thanks for having me back again. It was a pleasure. Yeah, you're the you're the most expert person on horror that I know. So there, there we go. That's you. <laughs> it's you good are. to know. <laughs> it's your um, it's your legacy. Um, yeah. So we, how, how have you been? You been all right? Yeah, I've been good. Been watching lots of films because I was bedbound for a few weeks. So yeah, been but all better now. But yeah, been been good. Same as usual, really. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've actually well, I've not. I went on holiday for hence why you've not had a podcast. So I must apologize. Like John was supposed to get a podcast out while I was away, but he didn't because he's naughty, isn't he? Some would say he doesn't care. Um, but so yeah, so I, I was like, we we've got to get one out, and now he's busy, so he he'll be back for next episode. So it's not he's he's just he's just busy, you know, he's just busy prioritizing other things that aren't as important to him as the pod. Um, that's fine. Um, so yeah, no, we've we've uh, we were supposed to have a predator episode coming. We all had the notes. Yeah, so I will actually, I do need to tell you, we had a predator episode. All the notes were done. The films were watched. I, I, I watched both films twice. And then one night I got held up in work and so didn't get home. So I, I couldn't do the pod. But we were supposed to do it the next night. And John, um, yeah, he, he couldn't get his daughter to sleep. So I said, don't worry about the pod, mate. And then that was it. Like, So we've got a horror pod. <laughs> we've got a predator pod there somewhere. Um, but are we going to have to watch the films for a third time? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, um, to do it justice. So that that's that. So we're going into Horror Month now. And that's why, um, I mean, I think it's quite fitting that we've got Kim on anyway, because she can actually really talk in depth about loads of different films. Um, this, we, this week's episode is slightly different. We're actually just going to be doing horror favourites. So I've put some questions to Kim that we're both going to answer to each other. Um, questions like, what's your favorite deep cut which apparently no one knows what deep cut means because a few people have said what's a deep cut to me now and just like a hidden gem <laughs> that is not just me <laughs> no it's not it's, it wasn't just you kim, kim messaged me like um what's a deep cut and i was like um like a like a hidden gem uh, but then actually other people also said the same thing to me so i realized it might just be a me thing that i make up <laughs> I don't think so. Um, Sounds good though, whatever it is. A deep cut, yeah. It means you've got to like wade through to get to the to a good film. Um, yeah. But anyway, a couple of little bits just before at the beginning of the show. Um, we've got some t-shirts coming. Uh, they've been made. I'm going to have them in my hands on Friday. Um, the shop will go live next week where you might be able to purchase one. They're very nice t-shirts, good quality, screen printed, responsibly sourced, no fruit of the loom. And uh, we won't be charging a bomb for them either. We just simply want to break even so we can put the money into our next T-shirt. You get a free sticker if you order one as well. Little Movies in a Podshow sticker, which hopefully you can vandalize public buildings with, which we wouldn't endorse, but if you wanted to. Um, and if you haven't already, while you're listening, please do us the service of rating us five stars on Spotify and Apple. It really does help us out. Uh, we've just come off the back of a childhood favorites episode where we covered Star Wars Episode One, 
and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990, uh, where we discussed um, those two films in depth. It's actually our highest performing episode for quite a while, like for ages. It's done really, really well for some reason. I'd imagine it's probably the Star Wars part of it, um, but who knows? But it does help us if you follow us on Spotify. I can see how many followers we've got on there, and it's it's rising, so that's good. So it puts it at the top of the list, so please do that. Kim, that's quite a boring little five minutes for you, isn't it? Um. <laughs> Not at all. I just wanted to say, by the way, about the T-shirt, seeing that video, they look sick. So I'm getting one and everyone else should buy one. Yeah, I mean, that's, so, we've, so the one thing about the T-shirts is the obviously me and John are quite obsessed with quality. So we always want to make sure the podcast is really professional. It sounds crisp, blah, blah, blah. And so we've done the same with the T-shirts. We've, we went for like quite a high quality garment <laughs> we went for a high quality t-shirt so we, we we had the option to go for like a cheaper one um, and we would maybe have got a bit more uh profit but instead we went for a higher quality one um so the t-shirt will last long genuinely and it's screen printed as well so it's not like a vinyl print it's like a proper screen print so it's going to last many 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 years hopefully um so yeah, we went, and we're not. We're pretty much going to be selling it slightly above cost price, so we can pay for the art. Um, yeah, and that's it, really. We don't want to make money off you or rip you off. We just want to give you a nice T-shirt, I guess. So yeah, thanks, Kim, for. for well, we've got one in the bag. We've we've got a got a few buyers already, which is good. Um, and John and I have had to like pay for them up front as well, so that wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> anyway, Kim, enough about our T-shirts. What have you been watching? So you've been watching lots of things. So. Uh, I'm assuming you can't go through every single film you've been watching. What ones would you like to talk about that you have been watching there? Yeah, I won't go through all of them because I have been watching a lot. Um, I just want to say, TV-wise, I've just started watching The X-Files for the first time ever. I'm yes. loving that. I've never seen it. And I was like, you know what? I'm getting back into watching like old TV shows where there's like 20-odd episodes a season and all that. Because so I was like, I want something I can just commit to and let it run for ages. X-Files is the next on the list and great so far. It's brilliant. Um, I, like, I love it. My mum was obsessed with it back in the day and I just never got around to it. I think I saw one episode on TV and it freaked me out when I was a kid. So I was like, no, never watching that. Um, so, it's really good. Like, yeah. no, I, I mean, when I hear the, the intro... That's an that's mm. an that's like the Sopranos intro. It's, it's unskippable. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I've not skipped. I've only watched three episodes, and the first one doesn't even have it on it, which I was very disappointing. But no, I think it's because it's the pilot. Yeah, it didn't have anything on it. But yeah, from two onwards, when it obviously got commissioned, it's there, and it was just yeah, oh, magic to hear that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for that. Although I've got about I don't even know what 200, 200 episodes to get through, so that's going to take up a lot of time. Um, film wise, this week I've been watching quite a few new releases. Yeah. Um, nothing overly spectacular, really. Yesterday I watched a film called The Passenger, which is um, it's a Blumhouse release, but it's not had a cinema release. Um, and it's got in it someone I'll be talking about later, actually, Kyle. Golner, I want to say, is his last name. He was in um, Jennifer's Body, the emo kid in Jennifer's Body. Yep, love Jen we love Jennifer's um, Body on this pod. And he is like, so he works in a fast food restaurant with this other guy who's very timid and shy and um, he gets sick of one of his co-workers. He just shoots everyone in the, in the, the restaurant and takes this shy kid with him in the car <laughs> to kind of, I don't know, 
get him out of his shell. It's a bit of a weird one. I don't yeah. really know how I sit with it, to be honest, because like fant- that opening was great. What? <laughs> you ever, like, fantasise about stuff like that? Like, you know, you know, when you're sitting there, you're like, what would happen if I punched this person in the face? Like, <laughs> Letting the intrusive thoughts in a bit too much. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I often think that. I'm like, I would love to have, like, just to see the consequences of, you know, <laughs> not not to the point of, I just want to clarify, not to the point of, like, doing a Michael Douglas in Falling Down and... <laughs> shooting up the whole of mcdonald's because it's one minute past 11 and i can't get my sausage yeah. and muffin. i wouldn't do that um <laughs> i'd maybe just grab them with both hands and scream <laughs> give me my sausage yeah. and egg mcmuffin now <laughs> i was gonna say maybe not with a shotgun but yeah something like that is a bit more uh well legal maybe but uh yeah it was all right i was a bit i think the idea was good but it kind of almost made this guy who was killing loads of people to be like the moral compass of the film. So I was a bit like, hmm. But I was quite tired when I watched it, so I wanted to rewatch. Um, but it was quite good. It was all right. Um, I also watched um, on, it's new on Disney Plus, and I think Hulu in America, that No One Will Save You with Caitlin Dever. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that kicking around. Um, I quite enjoyed it. Um, so it's basically home invasion with aliens, and there's basically no dialogue in the whole film. There's about five, maybe six words spoke in the whole film. A home invasion with aliens. I didn't know I needed this. Yeah, it's. Um, I've seen mixed stuff going on about, going around about it. I I enjoyed it. It's the first half is a lot better than the second half. Um, but I think the way it's done because there is no dialogue. It's basically just her running around, and screaming and breathing heavily and getting scared and stuff. It's it's quite interestingly done which can be a good thing can be a bad thing so i think if you want more explanation then you might not like it as much um but it was quite fun and it's 90 minutes you know your favorite so what's and what's that called um, no one will save you it's no called um so yes yeah, disney plus here and then hulu um in america um i had to go digging to find it it's on the star part of disney plus where all the kind of non children's films are yeah um and then i saw the nun 2 in the cinema yeah it was N- fine nun, nun too shabby <laughs> or, or that was that was bad um i can't think of any more nun puns none too yeah, shabby is pretty good many. no no it was mind. okay it yeah. was better than the first one which was really bad um but it's just another entry into the Conjuring universe, which is bang average, really. So the, the numbered Conjuring films are the best, aren't they? The, the Conjuring one, two, and three are obviously the strongest points of those. And yeah. then Annabelle had potential to be amazing, and I think Annabelle yeah. was good. But then Annabelle begins, or well, it's not Annabelle begins, is it? It's Annabelle some the origin. Creation. Is it origin? I think it's creation. Yeah, Annabelle creation was not good. We yeah. can talk about the horror as a genre today because there's a lot of not good things. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah. What else are you watching? Um, else you wanted to mention? I watched Midnight Cowboy for the first oh, time. Yes. Um, I've been wanting to watch that one for ages. Um, I think it was on. I think it was one one of my like Amazon channels, like Movie or BFI, a while ago. But then I was too late getting to it, and it wasn't even available to rent. I think, um, but then it popped up on Prime, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can finally watch that!" Um, 
it's one of those films. I don't know if you ever do this because I listen to film soundtracks quite a lot and I make playlists and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And I had it, I uh, heard the soundtrack before I'd watched the film and I loved the soundtrack. So I was like, I need to watch it so I can actually see it in context. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Very bleak. Um, but he's a bit of a, he's not a great person now, but John Voight gives one of the best performances I think I've seen in a film. He was so, so good. Um, and Dustin Hoffman is always great. So, you know, uh, yeah, I loved it. It was brilliant. One of my favourite films I've watched this year, I think, definitely. Yeah, just Dustin Hoffman is, well, he's, he's, he's been one of my favourites for a long he's time now. He's always good. I think you look at his back catalogue and you're just like, oh, you just know how to pick him. Yeah, how, how Maybe apart this? from like Meet the Fockers. <laughs> yeah, which is unfortunate. If there was anything else you wanted to go through, otherwise... Would you like I to think hear? I could go on for ages about what I've been watching the last couple of weeks, so we'll okay. just crack on. <laughs> We've done that of note then. Okay, cool. So then, what I've been watching. Um, so I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to mention this one because it's got it got panned and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, that is uh, Till Death um, with Megan Fox, directed by S.K. Dale. Um, this was a 2021 film. I think actually think it's Megan Fox's best performance. Um, it's essentially about a, a couple that who Megan Fox is kind of being um, controlled by this man um, and she wakes up basically handcuffed to him and he's dead um, in this like uh, log cabin miles out and he's uh, she's like isolated like in it's in, in the middle of winter um, and she's got to like fight off these hired killers who come to who's been hi- like basically hired by her spouse to to kill her so um she's just trying to survive really and it's it's great like she's she's great in it it's 89 minutes um really good acting from her i i was pleasantly surprised um not a lot of people like it but i do so i watched that one not that long ago i didn't rate it very highly but it was enjoyable enough it was it's an easy and fun watch i think there was just a few bits i was like how did that happen how did we get here but I can't yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's not, not one not, of those films. Yeah, it's not going to. Yeah, it's not going to change your life. Um, and the, yeah, I, I, I definitely worth a watch. It's on Netflix at the moment. Um, I rewatched the Equalizer, um, which wasn't quite as good as the first time I watched it. Um, the dialogue's so hokey, um, mm. and it's 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 decent action film. It's it's very much just in the the John Wick taken territory. It's de- except actually, it's got a good leading man. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, Denzel's brilliant as always. It's a good action film, so that's that's all really. Um, when I was away in uh, Menorca, I watched A Trip to the Moon, which is um, the first ever sci-fi from 1902. It's only 15 minutes long. Um, pretty good. <laughs> like it's 1902. It's it's mind blowing, really mind blowing. What, yeah. what they achieved. Um, it's obviously a silent film, but they have added music over the top of it, uh, which is kind of a bit a bit strange, but. Yeah, worth worth fifteen minutes of your time to watch the first ever sci-fi. Um, I watched No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. I love that. So, yep, yeah, solid, solid. Seven out of ten. Funny. Doesn't take itself too seriously. It's got a bit of heart, um, and it also isn't scared to make a joke, which is good. And we've got a few films this year that aren't scared to make a joke. I'll talk about another one in a second. Um, you are so not invited to my bar mitzvah with Adam. This is Adam Sandler and his family. Um, yeah. it's essentially uh, are you there god it's me Margaret and Edge of 17 rolled into one 
I don't mean that in like a disrespectful way. Like it's it's solidly done, enjoyable. I think I think I think most people are like it. This yes, yeah, really nice. Like his family are, are good actors. Like and I didn't realize it was his family at first, but it's it's a nice, cute little film. Yeah. Um. Then never back down from two thousand and eight. I'm obsessed oh with this film, man. Like, I'm, what a throwback! <laughs> I'm just so obsessed with this film. Do you know what it was? It's when I was like finishing sixth form. This this was out, and it was just I just found it wicked. It's like the same story of Rocky, Karate Kid, Kickboxer, but it's got an excellent soundtrack. The soundtrack is so good. It's got like Three Days Grace. It's got Rise Against. Most notably, it's got the red jumpsuit apparatus playing false pretense and yeah just like really gets me gets me going <laughs> um saw four an abomination of a film i watched it for the first time and about it's, it's dreadful um and but i do want to talk about a couple of films that i really loved um so kim i know you like this one uh the film is sisu this is a, oh. a film from this year um directed by jalmari hellander um and yeah it's it's based in lapland it is about a gold digger, but like that makes me sound like it's it's about a gold miner. Miner. Gold, there we go. Gold miner. Gold miner. Not not a person <laughs> that's trying to get with someone to take all their money. And um, it's about a gold miner, and uh, he finds lots of gold, and he stumbles upon a Nazi patrol, and then is chased through the desert, really, um, for his gold. And it's just crazy, isn't it, Kim? Oh, it's bonkers. It's so ridiculous and it knows it. And I love it when films do that because you just know that you can just, you don't question it, just let the chaos happen. And it's to the it's because it's so gory that it is like hard to watch at times, but it's funny as well because of how ridiculous it is. But yeah, I love that one. I'm glad you enjoyed that one. It reminded me of a grindhouse film. Oh, fully. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I remember when I saw the trailer for it and I couldn't quite work out what it was trying to be. But then I saw a few, uh, I think I saw another trailer online afterwards and yeah. I was like, oh no, that's fully meant to be Grindhouse. Like you don't like, yeah. The font, uh, the font was... it uses for the chapters, um, very yeah. like, you you could think it was a Tarantino film without being that reductive. But like to mm. a, or a random audience, like you would be like, oh, it could be Tarantino because of like the gratuitous yeah. score but it's obviously like yeah grindhousey um brilliant absolutely loved it um unfortunately i watched indiana jones and the dial of destiny hmm. have you seen it kim i yeah i did i quite liked it i didn't think it was amazing like by any means but i didn't think it was that bad i, didn't I, think it was I know that bad. i'm in the minority <laughs> i didn't think it was that bad it was it, i thought it was a pure six out of ten um mm. it was better than the crystal skull but so are most films um, and now I think it's time. I, I think I'm maybe miserable. We just need to leave the franchise alone now. It's got some nice yeah. moments in it, some exciting sequences, and I love James Mangold. Like he knows how to direct action. Um, but there's a massive over reliance on CGI, not just the de aging because that had to be done. But it just some some the stuff on location looks amazing, obviously. But then mm. the stuff that isn't clearly on location, it's like. Oh. It's obviously a green screen and it looks... In it, the city, in the streets and stuff, when they're in the parade, that looked really bad, I thought. It looks exactly like it's not shot on location. So it's, I don't know, it, it looks rubbery and jarring and it's, yeah. He's captured the charm of Indiana Jones, but 
it's not just not for me maybe not for me anymore mm. um yeah the last one i'll talk about is bottoms um which is a film from this year uh, directed by emma seligman who you might know directed shiva baby which is also fantastic so i would highly recommend that it's actually, i didn't realize it was actually written by emma seligman and rachel Sennett, so mm. they wrote it together um it's basically about a a group of girls that start a fight club it's a comedy um it's go in there just expecting not expecting anything and it's just wild like don't expect anything to be explained just expect to have a really good time um yeah like girls start a fight club and they it's in it it's in a, a bid to lose their virginities to these couple of cheerleaders um that they're trying to like get in the fight club so it's kind of like a role reversal kind of sort of film that we don't see very often um it really does take a pop at everyone everyone and i love it for it so i think it's been a pretty good year for comedy so far um girls trip is supposed to be very good as well which i haven't seen and i really want to see that um Mm. but i think finally we might be getting out of this slump of where like everyone's scared to like make jokes and offend people but um bottoms is like just doing what it needs to do like it's just funny and it's not it's not that offensive but knows what it is highly recommend i think I think we're definitely getting the return of like the raunchy comedy now because everything's so like the noughties is a trend again. You're getting the kind of sex comedies. Yeah. The teen comedies we had when we were growing up are now coming out maybe slightly different or toned down or whatever. But I do think, because I was going to say after you mentioned No Hard Feeling, kind of your thoughts on comedy now, because you said there's been no good comedies for like 15 years or whatever it was. Whoa, (laughs) whoa, whoa, whoa. Get all sorts of writing into that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there's been, I think that the comedy is dead in terms of film. Like, since since when when we were growing, you and I were growing up. So when we had like Superbad, um, and Knocked Up, and all of those types of films, Hot Rod, I think that that age of comedy is dead. And I think that there's not a great. You really have to look deep to find some good comedy that's a bit like that doesn't really care what it's doing. Um, I think Blockers was one of the most recent ones that I really enjoyed with John Cena. Mm. That's very, very funny. Um, but yeah, like I, I think that a lot of comedies play it really safe now because it's worried they're worried about what they'll say and who's going to take offense to it because I guess, um, yeah, it's just some, there was some nasty stuff going on, like which, yeah, we, obviously we, we shouldn't do those things, but we can't just not, we've got to accept that, like, yeah, we, we're here to make jokes as long as it's not the expense of... Just one, uh, do you know what I mean, I don't know. Anyway, I'm talking crap. Um, <laughs> Kim, uh, so that's that's pretty much it. That's what we've been watching. Um, <coughs> so shall we start talking about um, the questions that we've got here? So we've got some questions um, for us both to talk about. We've got some notable mentions in there. Um, me and Kim did pretty much the same thing without talking to each other. And that was, it, instead of just answering the question with one film, we've picked lots of different films. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, classic. But anyway, Views by Quinn writes in for the first time in a while, and he says, favourite horror film of the year so far and least favourite, any surpass your expectations or not? So my favourite of the year is Infinity Pool. Okay. Have you watched that one yet? I have watched it. Very good. Yes, I really enjoyed that one. I love Brandon Cronenberg. You know, that's definitely right up my alley. Um I think the worst one I've seen, 
there's been a load of kind of like average horror films this year. Some teeter more towards being good average, some less so. But I think the one I was most disappointed with was um, Last Voyage of the Demeter. Yeah, the the ship ship movie or ghost ship Yeah, so it's based on a... So the the book of Dracula, the novel, has a... um, a section in it which is all about a captain's log of this ship and it's based on this short segment of that log basically they're transporting dracula well dracula gets on the boat and he's trans- transporting whilst they're going over the ocean basically and it had it started off really well um i remember thinking that for like what we'd now consider a mid-budget film to have the kind of production value it did i was quite impressed but then it just got very boring very quickly and was very safe and just not great CGI used at points, sometimes practical, sometimes not. It was a bit of a weird one and just left me a bit just after <laughs> it was it wasn't great. I was very disappointed in that one. I don't know how you're making a film with that premise boring. It sounds really quite fun, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It starts off well and it, you know, it just kind of treads the same ground over and over, I think. It doesn't keep it fresh and it felt longer than it was. So I think yeah. that's the issue. You know, it wasn't particularly anything done overly badly. It was just repetitive and, yeah, gets a bit yawny in the last half an hour. Yeah. Um. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to combine two questions because Quinn's wrote in, but this other one question also gives me something. Kilmflub writes in, he says, Cobweb is low-key one of the best horror films in years. Discuss. So... When I said what I'd been watching, I didn't mention Cobweb because I wanted to mention it now. So, Quinn, my favourite horror film of the year so far is probably Cobweb. I thought it was fantastic and I actually think Quinn hates it. Um, A lot of people did. I loved it as well and I'm very annoyed because I don't understand why. <laughs> I, I, I think it it's great. Like, fantastic. And it reminded me a little bit of The Babadook, um, just in terms of, like, the, the premise and stuff. Um Cobweb is, yeah, it's a film from, obviously, this year. Um, It is based on, it's got your man Anthony Starr in it, um, who has been now massively famous for The Boys, which I actually prefer him in uh, Banshee, which is a brilliant TV show you should check out if you like crazy action. Uh, It's got Lizzie Kaplan in it as well, um, who I also really like. Um, it's, uh, It's basically a haunted, well, it's like a ghost kind of premise in a house um it's about a kid um who's like he's kind of like plagued by like this like tapping and whispering when he's going to bed and stuff um and his, his parents like insisting that it's like his imagination and that he's he's just like scared of like the boogie monster or whatever um and it just keeps getting worse and worse and you find out that his parents are kind of hiding something from him um i won't spoil anything but it's it's great like i really really enjoyed it i thought it was and actually quite scary as well i don't often get scared at mm. films, but i thought it was pretty scary um yeah so yeah I you agree. find out what what's going on and yeah the teacher tries to get involved because it looks like he's being kind of abused and that kind of thing but ah oh, brilliant and it yes it is one of the best horror films in years probably i think so yeah absolutely i, th- I agree i think it's one of those that um it has elements of kind of old school horror in it that it's going to sound really like poncy, but if you're not 
if you don't watch a lot of horror and you don't know what to look out for, some of these things look a bit rubbish. Like it's kind of deliberately hammy in some places. The acting is over the top. The shadow work is too obvious that it doesn't look real. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of obviously staged. So I think if you only watch generic Hollywood kind of cookie cutter horror, you're going to be a bit like, mm, you might not like it. Yeah, maybe but... you should go for a deep cut, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I thought the last act was pretty scary. It definitely tapped into a few things I don't like seeing in film. And yeah, yeah it was... Yeah, I really, really enjoyed that one. So I'm glad you did as well because I feel like everyone else hates it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, I don't it's a bit get strange, it. really. Like they, yeah, um, the other ones I, I enjoyed this year, Evil Dead Rise is brilliant. We did a podcast mm. on that. Uh, Talk to Me is very good as well. Um, and uh, people are going to hate me, but Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, I had a good time <laughs> with. It's not a good film, but I had a good time with it. It's just hilarious. Um, yeah. Um, is and it then, trying to be a good film, though? Like, I don't think, how can it be? How exactly. Can it be? People need to just, you know, take things for what they are sometimes and yeah. not think it's meant to be a masterpiece. No, exactly. Um, and then the the worst horror film I've seen this year, by a country mile, right? And this was my own fault because I'm, I'm quite bad at watching new films, really, like in terms of films that are coming out. Like, I'm just not good at keeping up. So I'm just like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that and I'll I'll do this. And I never do. So I find myself like scrambling towards the end of the year. Um, but a bit a bit better this year, and I was like, "Oh, from Black, it's on Shudder. This this has got really high ratings." And it was one of them where it it come out on the day, so it come out on that Saturday, and I was like, "Well, it's got really high ratings, but from about forty people." So it'd obviously been <laughs> maybe the people that had been given the screeners, or maybe that kind of thing, and maybe it's been slightly inflated. It was. I watched it and it was just quite dreadful. From Black, and I actually told you to watch it as well, Kim, and add it to your watch list. So it's on your watch list. Um, yeah. So 110 minutes could have been about 10 minutes. Um, yeah, I'm not. I, yeah, I can't even remember what it was about really, but nothing happens because that's what it was about. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. There you go, Quinn. Um, so the surpassing the expectations cobweb big time. Um, right, so I've got these in a nice little order here, Kim, um, and I've we've finished with like a crescendo because uh, I thought I thought we'd finish with it's obvious the best horror film ever made. That's what we finished with, right? Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, but we're not going to do that first. So yeah, the first question I have for you then is favorite horror sequel. So what have you got, Kim? Okay. So I've got, as I said, just a kind of. Uh, what's the word to preface all my choices across this whole thing I've got a weird mix of very film bro obvious answers and some a bit more varied I tried to that's why I did more than one option on a lot of them okay just to kind of you know uh, I can't think of what the word is give yourself an excuse before you even go 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 through with it basically um so for horror sequels I did get quite stuck with this one but I landed my first choice was Evil Dead 2 something out there lives out in those woods in the dark okay and i think 
that's my favorite one of the franchise um it takes all the best elements of the original evil dead with a slightly higher budget and spins it on his head and makes it an all-out horror comedy it's just it's classic sam raimi it's hilarious it's so gory and disgusting and bruce campbell becomes what everyone knows bruce campbell to be it's i think the first evil dead kind of set a precedent for that type of horror but evil dead 2 just kind of takes it on another level and the fact that it's still sam raimi doing it just allowed it to kind of it was able to be labeled as a better film in my opinion some people might not agree um but yeah evil dead 2 is my number one choice brilliant um so do you want to shall i shall i go on my number one choice then we'll have give notable mentions yeah yeah okay um so my number one choice for that <laughs> this is um saw 2 he doesn't want us to cut through our chains no! he wants us to cut through our feet Helped me. I want to play a game. Greetings and welcome. Right now, you are breathing in a deadly nerve agent. <laughs> the only way out is to find an antidote. Um, written by our very own Lee Wanell. Um, I don't know what it is about Saw 2 that I... So I've looked at loads and I've got some notable mentions here. Um, but Saw 2, for me, is the best of the franchise. Um, I think it builds upon Saw in a perfect way. It takes it slightly bigger. Um, you kind of see the genius behind uh, John Kramer's character of, I want to play a game. I always my like... <laughs> just like it's just... Um, it take it takes him to like a, a, another level and kind of shows his. It kind of shows, although he gets progressively weaker in the films in terms of his body and stuff. Um, it just shows his like how smart he is, um, and I mm. loved the, the the setting of it. Um, yeah, I just think the and, and the twist that again it, it's got a really good twist, which Lee Wanell is known for. Um, we know that I'm a big Lee Wanell fan because obviously upgrade budget three million. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, Saw 2, I always remember that's the one I rewatched the most. Um, and it just kind of was the the pinnacle of the... I say the pinnacle of the franchise. I haven't seen 5, 6, 7, 8 or 9, but I'm pretty sure... I think you're safe in saying it's a pinnacle, I'm pretty sure honest. I'm okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it peaked. I, my favourite's the first one. I do like number two, but I've not seen past three. I just... I, I'm going to watch them eventually, but... I yeah. can't be bothered well, I, watched at the moment. I think that's one of the main issues with the horror genre in general is that when we talk about certain franchises that go on for like nine different films it, it gets it just get that the quality really is extremely poor because they're just they're kind of just phoning them in like year after year um, and they were making money it's just low budget and it's 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 good but yeah Saw, Saw 2 like superb I, I, I would highly recommend anyone anyone to watch that and just oh god i always remember the needle bit the need the needles the needle scene is just oh it gets my skin crawling um isn't it um didn't something happen like when they were filming that they didn't tell her or there was actual needles in the pit or something like that i'm sure that that was a thing and but obviously they were empty but I'm sure there was a, some weird trivia going around about really? that being like, yeah, I'm sure there was. Might have to like double check that, but 
Yeah, I remember seeing something. Let's throw this actor too... in a pit of an actual needle. She doesn't. She has no idea. <laughs> I mean, I'd be surprised. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Um, so yeah, but um, so yeah, I mean, the Saw franchise people people love it and people really do stand by it. But it's it's it peaked at two, three is all right, and then from mm. apparently one of the six, seven, or eights is pretty good. But oh, don't quote me on that. Um, right, Kim, what have you got as your notable mentions then? Um, so I've only got one other notable mention on this one because I did struggle because my immediate thought was Aliens, but I don't think Aliens is a horror film; it's an action film. Agree. Even though Alien is horror, you are correct. Um, so I just got the one, which is Scream Two. Scream Two, yeah. Scream Two. Is so funny. I think um, it's one of the rare, especially slasher sequels, where I think it's on the same level as Scream, the original. Do you? I have both got them rated exactly the same. I think it's yeah. Maybe I need I, to, so I've not watched Scream two or three in many years, so I need to go back and watch those. Three, not so much. No, <laughs> three is dreadful. the worst one, um, but Scream two I really enjoy and I rate it. And I think it does, you know, with the you know who done it side is done very well to kind of mix it up a lot. But yeah, I I think. I think Scream in general, even with the new ones thrown in, is one of the most consistent franchises for slashers, especially. Um, and I think the fact that Scream 2 was done so well made that possible. Because I think if they were all kind of going downhill in quality, it just would never have lasted. Fair enough. I, I get that. Um, I have a few notable mentions for this. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll start with the most ridiculous one. Um, and I think I'm one of the only people I know that even likes these films. But The Babysitter, Killer Queen... Um, from, oh yeah, I don't like that. From 2020, <laughs> directed by Mick G, <laughs> which is God. Um, yeah, who obviously we know from directing Charlie's Angels and Supernatural. I feel like he directed Supernatural. Anyway, um, yeah, directed by Mick G. Obviously, we've got um, Samara Weaving, General Tega, both in both in this sequel. I just find it really. I find these films really fun. I just I was going to put it as my favorite horror sequel, but I thought, Do you know what, that's that is taking the piss a little bit. Like <laughs> people will switch off. Um, I would have been very disappointed. <laughs> I would really recommend some people watch the babysitter and the babysitter killer queen. They and just don't take it seriously. Like they're really good fun. Like they're a good Friday night. Do you know what I mean? Like you're tired from work. Just just go in there and enjoy yourself. Um, I've also got Creep Two in there, the Mark Duplass one. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're brilliant films. Um, both of them are extremely. Well, creepy. Um, I've not seen them, you know. Have you not? No, which is weird because I I am basically in love with Mark Duplass and I need to watch them. Um, But yeah, they're they're just just two of those films. I'm like, oh, I need to watch that. And then I forget. And then I'm like, oh, I need to watch that. And then forget. So they're they're on my radar. They're always on Netflix. I would say that it really gives you quite a... They're just... They're they're very unnerving, like the the atmosphere. And it's this handheld footage film basically which it's mm. really good um then i've got child's play 2 as a notable mention it was always my favorite of the of the whole franchise um just the when he's all melty and they're in the toy the toy shop it's just yeah i love it and the one that i did actually knock off my actual pick so the one that was my actual pick first um but i didn't pick it for another reason um is texas chainsaw massacre 2 um i just love how how different it is it's a horror comedy it's still directed by toby hooper it's insane it's crazy um and it's a really just a good laugh and yeah i, I would I, it's it's your 
it's not trying to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's just trying to be a fun film. Agree? Agree. Agree. Silence. <laughs> Silence speaks volumes. Um, right. Okay, then. So, um, right. We're going to go for favorite deep cut or for everyone out there that doesn't understand what a deep cut is, we're just going to go with hidden gem. So yeah. favorite hidden gem, Kim. So I've got three for this. My first one maybe isn't so hidden, but I don't see a lot of people talking about it, really. So I'm just going to go with it. It's one of my favourite films ever. It's in my my letterbox top four, um, which is Raw. Raw. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. Uh, By Julia Ducournau. I don't know if that's right, how you say her name. Yeah. French film about cannibalism and coming of age. It's... A base. It's as close to perfect as a film can get for me. Um, I just can't fault it. Really, I think the style of it is great. That it it it's very gruesome and disgusting, but it doesn't go over the top with it. It's kind of it's a serious film, but it has little comical elements to it as well. Um, I just it's one of those films that every time I watch it I see something more in it as well I, I yeah I absolutely adore that film so I had to throw this one in there because I don't think people talk about it enough no they don't and it's probably because it's a it's a foreign language film um I love Raw um I'd also love to follow up to Tan um mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I love Raw because it's it's got quite a lot of like sweet moments as well like kind of I don't know it's yeah it's I understand why that is there and no, I think that you are right to mention it. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I was a bit worried to be like, that's not, that's not unknown. <laughs> it's like, well, it's not unknown, but yeah. I think, no, I think so. I think the, for me, like the, the idea of this podcast is that not everyone that listens is a pure film buff. So like the people, some people that listen might just be getting into film and stuff like that. And so the idea of this is to introduce people to films that they may not have seen. Like that's, that's always been the plan, um, whether we execute or not. So um, right. Have you ever heard of scary movie? Um, anyway, no. Um, so the horror. De- uh, so favorite deep cut. So we'll we'll alternate then. If we've, I've got two, so okay. Um, at the top of my list, then. Well, no. Let's go to the second first. So <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good film, um, but it's the Mutilator from 1984. Um, now it's directed by Buddy Cooper. Um, this is available on Arrow Video. That's actually how I've seen it. Um, as I say, it's not a good film, but it's if you want to get your friends around and have a really good laugh, this is it. It's a slasher. Um, it's low budget. It's got some good kills, um, and yeah, it's just it was just in that kind of era where like they were just all mimicking each other. All the slashers were just doing exactly the same thing. Um, it's about like a kid who's um, cleaning his dad's hunting rifles. Um, as a surprise birthday treat and one of them goes off and it kills his mother at the beginning of the film on seeing this his dad goes into like this crazy rage um, and the the kid barely escapes and uh, yeah now he's in his teens returns home and he's there to settle the score basically Um, it's got the soundtrack it's got this song it's like we're going on a Fall break, do 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 do, like, and it literally is throughout the whole film. Guys, let's get this road trip. <laughs> when the leaves of summer turn red and gold, and the football games bring a hint of the cold, time to get away. 
We'll pack the car with escape in mind. Forgetting out classes, leaving books behind. Time to get away. Empty cottage sitting on the shore. Taurus all left about a month before. And we're gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, ball walking break. hand in hand in the moonlight. Sweet soul there, I swear we'll never part. We're going on a ball break, running in the sand, feeling alright. And when you fall into my arms, I'll break into your heart. It's just these like summer kids, like on summer like break, that go to this house, and uh, yeah, there's um, an extremely, extremely funny scene where they're all like feeling about in the dark. Um, and they're like, they can't see anything. But you see the windows, and it's complete daylight outside. <laughs> it's like it, it's not a well-made film, but it's good fun. So that's that's one of my favorite deep cuts that I will often show friends, and we'll just have a drink and have a laugh. That's one I need to see. That that's one that I've had like sat in my Amazon basket for months. Just like, oh, I won't buy that one Maybe just don't yet. Buy it. No, no, definitely <laughs> buy it. It's just good. It's, it's good to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I have to give that one a watch. Mm-hmm. Right, next um, one for you. So my next one is another French film. Um, it's called Inside. It's from 2007. I bang on about it quite a lot. Uh, but uh, the problem with it is it's a very mean-spirited film. It's not fun. It's not nice. It's very dark and it's very gory and just... It makes one of those films that makes you feel a bit dirty afterwards because it's just grim and yeah. Because it was part of the um, new extreme kind of move movement from the the French in the noughties and stuff. So you got like martyrs and high tension and all that sort of. Yeah, so it's part of that. I wouldn't say it's quite as heavy as martyrs, but it's not far off. But I fe- I found out about it because I was watching this documentary on YouTube, just like a countdown of some horror experts, like favorite films you might not have heard of type thing. And it they everyone that was talking about this film was saying like, oh, it's one of the goriest films I've ever seen. And I was like, right, adding that to the list, gonna watch it. Finally watched it, and they were not wrong. It is foul. It's disgusting. It will have you hiding behind your eyes with some of the kind of violence in it. Um, it's basically, it's two characters mainly for the whole thing. This pregnant woman basically about to give birth is at home on her own. And this crazy woman comes in, invades her home and is trying to steal a baby basically. <laughs> um, and just chaos ensues with the violence. And it is, yeah, it's a hard one to watch, but if you've got a strong stomach, or if you like that sort of thing, then it is one of the best ones. Yeah. So proceed with caution <laughs> but yeah it is it is great despite it making you feel gross at the end excellent well i haven't i haven't seen it and it's been on my list because you've mentioned it before to me yeah um so it's not really available in te- you can rent it but i don't think it's available physically so I'll... i think it's on shudder is it i think it i'm sure they added it might not be anymore i'm sure they added some of the they did like a triple bill of the French extreme stuff bit, maybe. Yeah, not anymore. Um, um, I will find it. I will find it, and I will need to make sure I'm in the right mood for it. It's weird because when I was younger, I used to be also up for these things, and 
what's the craziest thing that's ever been put on film that kind of thing um mm-hmm. yeah now i'm just not so much like that because i don't know i'm an adult and i'm like i don't want to see a pregnant woman go through this um yeah <laughs> I've, I've found <laughs> compassion. Anyway, uh, right. So um, my, the one I've actually picked. Um, so this is, that's oh, a very deep cut. Um, so this is Night Tide from 1961, um, directed by Curtis Harrington. This is Dennis Hopper's first ever film. It's black and white, um, and it's a basically it's about a sailor who falls in love with a woman performing as a mermaid, a mermaid on the local pier. Um, as a relationship kind of develops, he thinks she might be a real mermaid who lure men to their deaths, kind of like a siren. Um, and so the director, so Curtis Harrington, the director, is considered one of the forerunners of like new queer cinema. So 1960s. He's a queer director and um, people have speculated that it has like queer allegories. So like, for example, the mermaid's trying to resist what she is um, or is trying to hide what she really is from the world in fear of being hated. Um, it's, a, it's a really good film. Uh, I highly recommend. Again, like 84 minutes long, 84 minutes long. It is available on Indicator, UK label, Blu-ray. Um, you can probably rent that as well. Um, it's really nicely shot it's shot on venice beach uh, there's a carnival around um dennis you get to see dennis hopper in his first ever role it's just it's it's quite like a mysterious story all the way through like i love it it's like it's just a nice film yeah it's good you'll um yeah i'd highly recommend night tide 1961 right kim what is your last uh your last deep cut then sorry hidden gem <laughs> everyone's gonna know what um, deep cut is after this episode <laughs> be a new term you've coined it um, I've got another noughties film. Um, it's an Australian film from 2009 called The Loved Ones. I don't know if you've seen that one. You come to the prom? Yeah, I'm going with Holly. you were going to say hounds of love which i was going to be like no like that's so oh mean. no no i, I haven't seen wanted to pick ones. a more fun slightly more fun one okay. <laughs> although it's brutal <laughs> um but yeah so it's called the loved ones it's by sean Byrne, and it is about uh it's a high school horror um this guy who was partially responsible for his dad's death he's quite depressed now but he's going to prom and um 
this girl, this strange girl asks him to go and he's got a girlfriend. So he's like, no, I'm taking her, obviously. Um, she kidnaps him and takes him back to her house with her weirdo dad and her strange mother who doesn't speak. Um, and Sorry. she's all dolled up in her dress and there's, you know, lights and decorations everywhere. She gets him in a suit and just tortures him, basically. <laughs> wow. Um it's slightly more amusing and cartoonish than the other ones I've uh, mentioned, but it does have some really good inventive violence in it um, involving bleach, boiling water, drills, that sort of thing. Is this an over-18 Home Alone film? <laughs> um, it's not, no. So this is what she does to him. Right. So it's not him getting out, although he does, you know, there are some bits in there um that is inflicted elsewhere however yeah it's it is a torture film <laughs> but um it's really it's it is good fun it's more fun than it sounds it's got this really bizarre song in it which i thought was made just for the film because it's very um overly poppy and kind of like a a seven-year-old for like written for a seven-year-old girl about her being pretty and all this sort of stuff but it's in fact a real song um that was only a hit in australia but if you watch that film, that song will be stuck in your head for days because it's just so annoying, <laughs> but like purposely used. I don't know why they've used it, but like it just gets in your head. Um, otherwise, it's got quite a good um, original heavy metal soundtrack to it yes. as well. It's got metal. the Naughties goth character in it. But um, yeah, it's it's a really good one. It's a, one of my favourites, I'd say, especially of like kind of modern cinema. Um, yeah. Well, I've just had it. Gone for a lot of violent ones. I really. That is a deep cut. Yeah, you've mentioned (laughs) all three of your films. I haven't seen any of them. So, Mm. and you've not seen any of mine, which is which. This is great. Nope. And so that means that people definitely won't have seen the films we've mentioned, which is also great. Um, Right then. Okay. Cool. So we're going to move on then to favorite horror remakes. Oh, I'm going to piss everyone off. I really am. This is going to be so exciting. <laughs> right. Should we do notable mentions first and then do our like, how many have you chosen for this? So I've got three and I'm not sure which order I want to do them in. I might pick my first one as the one I is more of an honorable mention just to be a bit different. Okay. So I've got my honorable mentions. So go for your honorable mention first then. Okay. I'll do, I'll do both of them on go because they're very obvious. Yeah. And you've um, probably got the same ones as me. So I've gone for the thing Yep. John Carpenter's The Thing and David Cronenberg's The Fly. Yep. Some of the best horror films ever, really. Um, obviously, both from both remakes of old science fiction 50s movies, two of the best horror directors going. They're just great films and I could not have them. Um, and usually they'd be top of the list, but I'll keep them down in <laughs> mentions for this episode. I've done the same. So I've So obviously they would be top of my list as well. I've got um, notable mentions. Obviously, The Hills Have Eyes. We've we reviewed it last year. Go and find that episode. It's a banger. Um, obviously, the th- uh, the fly, the thing, and then <laughs> I've got um, I've got it on my list, um, mm-hmm. and then I've got two which are just hilarious. Like you, everyone's going to hate the actual one I've chosen, but um, Psycho with Vince Vaughn, uh, the color version. <laughs> um, shot for shot (laughs) i think it's pretty good man like i I think it's 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 shot for shot that's why (laughs) yeah exactly but it's got vince can't be be wrong and then i've got um 
No one liked it. I don't really care. Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, I think it's great. I've not seen that one. Yeah, it's, so you've probably not I seen it because say. you've probably not seen it because everyone everyone's said like, it was bad. <laughs> yes, yeah, slates it. But um, yeah, I I really enjoy that film. Um, it came out when I was kind of in in school, I think. So um, it has Haley. Oh, what's the guy's names? Uh, something Haley. Um, hmm. Anyway, never mind. Um, it was 2010, so I definitely wasn't in school anyway. Um, Jackie Earl Haley. There you go. He is. Um, he's Freddy. So obviously, I think that w- the one thing that we can say about like the horror genre and its fans is the hardcore horror fans can be a little bit gatekeepy at times. Um, mm-hmm. And so Nightmare on Elm Street. I just I watched it and and thoroughly enjoyed it. It's sitting at a two. Um, on Letterboxd. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really gory and yeah, I just like it as a, yeah, there you go. Anyway, what have you chosen? <laughs> so I'm going to go with the American remake of The Ring. seen it oh what oh my god how have you not seen that it was like there's one of those films that everyone like while through at school like everyone watched at sleepovers especially because then you go prank your friends after um but so it's kind of like it has got that nostalgic element because i used to watch it a lot i saw it before the original but then having rewatched it older and after seeing all the j-horror remakes you realize it's the only one really that is genuinely good and does a good job of remaking it. And this is Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, no, Naomi Watts. Sarah That's Michelle Gellar's in the Grudge remake. Right, so I get yeah. those. So I get those two films really mixed up all the time, and I haven't seen either of them. Okay, so Naomi Watts, yeah, I, I do love actually. Yeah, so I I think it's done really well. It's by Gore Verbinski, who I think is an underrated director anyway. Um, but he captures the tone of J horror films without changing it up too much it's not just a we're going to take this idea scrap all the kind of law behind it and make it completely accessible for u.s audiences it it does it, it there's a good balance between doing that but also keeping some kind of it's got it's it's got a lot of the investigative stuff about it like she's a journalist and they keep all that and she's trying to find out what's going on rather than just making it a straight up like jump scare fest yeah um it's got a greeny bluey hue over it for the whole film there's constant sound design going on in the background like all the time which builds and builds and builds um it slightly changes up some of the horror in it like the videotape stuff have you seen the original at least yeah 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 so yeah i have seen the original I i like the original it keeps some of the um like really famous iconography but then changes some of it up just to make it a little bit more gruesome or whatever. But I think it's a really solid remake and um, yeah, by far the best remake of the J horror, you know, you've got the grudge is okay. I think I enjoyed it when I was a teenager. It was fine. But then the eye rubbish one is cool is rubbish. Shutter is rubbish. You've got a remake of Attila two sisters, but I think it's called the uninvited, which is rubbish. They're just, yeah, there's just, yeah, none of them have got close as close as the ring has to doing a good job 
Um, so yeah. Well, I'm going. I need to see the remake then. It, it's, it's really weird when you say that. Like it was go. It it was really really popular. Like when we were mm. at school. You are you are right. And yeah. I think I was probably I was bumming around watching. I was watching real cinema, you know, when I was when I was around that age. Like me, me and my friends would sit in uh, geography and we'd just we'd just sit and quote Goodfellas all lesson, um, Taxi Driver, and uh, yeah, I was probably just bumming around watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, so yeah, I think I don't know I don't know what it is, um, why why it passed me by. It's just yeah, but you are right. It was so so famous at the time. Right, I'm gonna go with my favorite my favorite horror remake. This is going to piss everyone off really badly, and I don't care. Um, this is Halloween from 2007, directed by Rob Zombie. Tonight's brutal murders was described by police as Manson-like in its viciousness. Three people brutally murdered and a 10-year-old boy being held in custody. said a word for 15 years this summer rob zombie unleashes a unique vision of a legendary tale <laughs> why laugh <laughs> well i just i do you know what? i've not actually seen it since god when it whenever it came out on dvd yeah, um, so I can't really say. I, maybe I might have enjoyed it at the time, but I don't really remember anything about it. Yeah. But it's on my list to do the whole Halloween franchise over Ooh, October. So it's... I'll be rewatching it, and I'll tell you then. <laughs> yeah, I'd really love to know. Genuinely, so it's it's weird because the I think the main problem with the reason why people hate Halloween is because Halloween is considered the best slasher ever made by by most people and by horror fans. And so when it was remade by Rob Zombie, because he, he changed some bits up and it really goes into Michael Myers' childhood and shows him when he's in the mental asylum. Um, I think that people didn't like those parts of it and they, they it was different, so they, they just didn't want it. And I genuinely believe that. I also believe that with um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, it's, it's brilliant. Like, the Tyler Maine as Mike Myers is legitimately terrifying he's enormous he's unkillable and i think that's a, that was another reason why fans of halloween didn't like him because he was too big um he, he's huge um there's a scene where like he just basically goes through the film like on this tirade um there's a scene in a toilet which i'm gonna snip in because it's brilliant and he, he fights some guy it's incredible the guy's like sitting in the toilet doing his business and he's basically warning Michael Myers off. He's like, listen, you need to get away. And then he says, right, right, I see. And he stands up. He's like, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. Like, it's, it's just amazing. Like, And then basically he just gets smashed in this toilet. Hey, buddy, just give you a heads up. I got a Taco Deluxe Supreme talking back at me. So I'm going to be a while. Do you mind waiting somewhere else and let me pass this beast in peace? Look, brother. If you're looking for some kind of action, you better take it on the arches before I'm done dropping this load. Or you gonna be one sorry a-hole. I see. 
what we got here failure to communicate. You just hold on, Daisy. I've got something for you. Let me introduce myself. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. Um, but you've got Malcolm McDowell in there as well as a doctor. Um, I a review that I read, which was one of the funniest things I've read in a very, very long time, was someone that says, "Finally, a Halloween movie for people who drink beer and have sex." Um, <laughs> I don't know why I found it so funny, but it really tickled me, and I was just like, "Best at laughing." Um, I like how I just like how Rob Zombie tries to show like sympathy for for Michael when he's a child and the reasons why he's done these things. Um, Dang Feck, I think he's a Danish uh, actor. Um, he's the kid who plays 10-year-old Michael um, and he's fantastic. Um, and I'll never, ever forget the throat-cutting scene at the beginning of the film where Michael kills his stepdad. I had never seen a throat-cutting scene actually with a camera on it before and that was the first time I'd seen it and I was like, I just remember like my jaw dropping. I'd be like, oh my God. And this was around the time when like Hostel and all that, all those were like rife and kind of gone in the days of like the video nasties and stuff. Like really, when we look back at those now, they're tame, extremely tame. Um, mm. So yeah, this I, I love the Halloween from 2007. Please don't listen to what everyone says and just watch it. Everyone, not just you, Kim. <laughs> I always say that everyone needs to make up their own mind. Like, cause there's always going to be someone who's like, Oh, I actually really enjoyed that. And yep. you know, having not seen it in a long time. And I look back at what I have seen of Rob Zombie. He's always made a career out of making films about horrible characters, but giving them a life and all that. So it makes sense that he'd do a big villain, famous villain really. So yeah, I'm excited to rewatch them. I, think. I mean, I wouldn't be because the, <laughs> so I know that um, three is good season of the witch i think um mm. but then the, the the newest ones so the ones uh the the remakes now um, yeah are... the first one of the remakes i enjoyed All right, i think yeah, is it, solid it, yeah decent yeah the second not one. seen halloween kills i've tried watching it three times and i fell asleep every time <laughs> so that's... i watched halloween kills yeah. probably a few weeks ago and it was really quite bad and then i had someone yeah. that messaged me about that said they just watched halloween ends and also it's said that that was dreadful as well. It's meant to be even worse. So how can yeah. it be? Anyway, um, anyway, is that have you? Is that all you done? You're done now. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're gonna go with favorite horror classics next. Now it's very important to note here: a classic, in my opinion, is from the 1920s to the 1970s. Anything in the 1980s, not really a classic for me. It's too soon. Although it's 40 years ago, it's too soon. So 70s to me. For us old people. Yeah. <laughs> it's Classics not that long is 70s. Ago. I'd like to know everyone's take on this. What what do you think? What do you think where when does the word classic come into play and where does it stop? 20s to 70s or just beginning of time till 1970s. So I just do you know what does my I've seen quite a lot of it where it's like yeah, um we we're, we're watching some classics and it's like American Psycho and I'm like Mate, that film came out in like 2004. Like, what? What are you talking about? Like, do you know what I mean, I'm like, I was, I was 19. <laughs> I wasn't really. But like, it's like, how is it a classic? Like, 
It's it's because people are watching them for the first time who are about fifteen years old, and they're like, "Oh my god, it's so old! It's from the nine like well, when did it come out? Like two thousand? Yeah. Uh, if you are fifteen it's... years old and you listen to this podcast, do apologise. Um, <laughs> also, though, our listener base is literally twenty three and up. So there yeah. we go. That's why we can say piss. <laughs> anyway, uh, favorite horror classics, nineteen twenties to nineteen seventies. I've got uh, two notable mentions and I've got one which I've gone for. So, Kim, what have you got? So, I've got one notable mention, yeah. but it's very closely behind my number one. So, I'm going to start with the honorable mention. It'll probably be the same as mine. So, go. This one is The Wicker Man. I have come here from the mainland to investigate the disappearance of a young girl, Rowan Morrison. What's her name? You know her? No, I've never seen her before. You suspect foul play? I suspect murder. We don't commit murder up here. We're a deeply religious people. Oh, never seen it. <gasps> Whoops, he's in a horror podcast. He's never seen it. Oh, my God. Okay. I've had the pleasure of seeing it in the cinema for its 50th anniversary couple months ago lovely um so it is from 1973 obviously 50 years ago um by robin hardy and it stars edward woodward a bit of a tongue twister that one and christopher lee oh yes amazing and also it's got uh, i think she's swedish brit eckland but with a very badly dubbed scottish accent over the top because <laughs> it's set in scotland brilliant um and when, so I'd watched it quite a while ago. Do you remember back in the day when newspapers used to give DVDs out in a little square envelope? I do. <laughs> so my dad had that and we watched it when I was a teenager and I was like, don't really get what's going on. It's all right. Dad, dad, kind what's of... a newspaper? <laughs> Listen, Timmy, you're 15 years old. There, there's stuff that we, that we used to have, all right? Um, so I didn't um, really appreciate it. I thought it was fine. Rewatched it again at uni, maybe mid 20s, maybe I can't remember, and fell in love with it like properly. Realized it's a musical, it's I would consider it a musical, The Wicker Man, yeah. Wow, not a, not a traditional musical, but there's there's some musical numbers in there, <laughs> very strange, uh, kind of because it's very it's paganism and all that sort of thing. So there's some ritualistic type things in there. Lots of music. It's music a is a horror, big, right? yeah, yeah. So it inspired a lot, and most notably Midsummer, which I know. Well, you like Midsummer more than Hereditary. I know that that Midsummer's um, good. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the biggest influence I think, especially today. Um, but it's just. It's not an out-and-out horror, so you don't really get a lot of violence. There's no jump scares. It's an atmospheric film that builds tension through strange going-ons. The people are very strange, and you don't really know what's going on. It kind of has surrealist elements to it, but it's just... I can't... I can't explain why it's so good, really. It's just, you watch it, and it takes you... It's nothing like... It's not like anything else, really, and then it's got a classic ending which that's where all the horror lands, really. Um, but you need to watch it as soon as you can. I can't believe you've not seen it. I almost watched it um, a little while ago, but then <clears throat> it is out in the cinema again for 50th, 50th anniversary. So it's it's out in local cinema. So I'm going to I'm gonna see if I can watch it then. 
the musical Definitely. that is the command. <laughs> I would like to know if anyone else agrees with me, but I would call it musical. I like that. No, but I like I like the I like the take. Is that um <laughs> uh, have you seen the Nick Cage version? No. I can't bring myself to the do bees, it. Because... The bees. No, not the bees. That's um, I'm sure that's because <laughs> I don't out. know the bees a lot in the first in the original, so I don't know mm. where bees come into it at all. But yeah, apparently a, an important character. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, that's your is that your notable mention? Yeah. Right. So my notable mention. I'm probably chosen maybe your film. Hope not. Um, so my notable mentions are Rosemary's Baby. And mm-hmm. The Exorcist. We don't really not need to... what I was going to pick. Just for that, this, that's fine. <laughs> you were you, you were going to pick The Exorcist. No, no, it's not. Okay, not either good. of them. Well, I know which one yours is. Then maybe. Um, so obviously, we don't need to talk about Rosemary's Baby or The Exorcist. We we know what The Exorcist is. It's it's superb. And um, R.I.P. William Friedkin. We're going to be doing an Exorcist episode mm-hmm. in the next few episodes when John gets himself in gear. Um, but yeah, Rosemary's Baby is. Obviously, unfortunately, got a bad director, um, but I find it fantastic. Uh, John Cassavetes is superb. Um, so yeah, check out Rosemary's Baby if you can, everyone. Um, so yeah, my I've got my main pick. But Kim, what's your main pick? Hopefully, we haven't got the same one. We, ha- we no, we definitely haven't. We definitely <laughs> we, won, we I can I put everything on the fact that we haven't got the same one. Okay. That's fine then. Um, So I have gone with Don't Look Now. Hey! 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 Laura! What on earth was that, John? It was Christine. Christine is dead, Laura. You're sad. You're so sad and there's no need to be. I've seen her. Oh, okay, yeah. I never would have picked that. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, oh, that is my pick. So I'm like, right, okay. Um, Yes, don't look now. (laughs) Um, I adore this film so much. Because it's Um, got a wicked sex scene. But carry on. It does. It's got one of the best sex scenes ever, probably. It really has. Um, But it's... It's kind of, it's not a folk horror like The Wicker Man, but it's the same sort of vibe. Like, I think the 70s had a lot of... It's from the same year. It had a lot of kind of surrealist stuff in it they that's kind of when weird things started coming into cinema i think especially mainstream cinema so it's kind of got like those sorts of elements to it and different techniques coming in for filming um but it's psychological horror about so it's donald sutherland and judy christie um their daughter drowns very early on in film she passes away and it's about them coming to terms with her death and he gets um quite a high, high profile job and they move to venice and things start unraveling and his mental state doesn't quite hold together whilst kind of traveling around the the narrow alleyways and canals of Venice and he keeps thinking he's seeing things and there's strange people around um yeah yeah it's really it's, weird vibe it's a masterpiece i think um and it's got an amazing ending and I think it's one of those films where the setting of the film is like a character in itself. I think if it wasn't in Venice, it wouldn't have worked at all. Um, but yeah, that's my choice. Yeah, don't look now. Yes, yeah, so it is. It is a. It's, and again, that I I do think that could have been on the deep cut list as well because I don't think many people have seen it. 
really don't. No, it's one of those ones that's like always on like the top horror lists, yeah. like of newspapers and stuff. But then I don't really see people talking about it that much. But no. it's just had a 4K release on yes. Blu-ray. So I'm hoping some people buy it. And it has, I believe, it. Studio Canal released that. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. It's it's uh, the 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 death of their child at the beginning is harrowing. Like mm. it's really. Yeah, you know when they started doing those like TV, like you know those um, commercials for kids and stuff. Like, don't go mm. near, don't go near a corn oh, grate, and it'd be like really weird from the seventies again. Can you, say, <laughs> yeah. can you say hat and man? And it's a man like do 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 like running towards these kids. It's like terrifying. <laughs> like yeah. that's 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 what it's like. Anyway, um, right. Um, the reason why I knew it wouldn't be the one that I'd chosen was because I've gone for Night of the Demon um, by Jax Turnier from 1957 it has been written since the beginning of time that evil supernatural creatures exist in a world of darkness and it is also said man can call forth these powers of darkness the demons of hell Um, so this is um, it's about an American professor who arrives in London for a conference um, on parapsychology, um, and he discovers that the guy he's supposed to, he's there that he's supposed to meet was killed in like this freak accident the day before, um, and it turns out that the the dead guy had been investigating a cult leader, um, so holding like the guy the guy that's the the professor is suspicious of that there's a guy that's worshipping the devil and so summoning a beast you know or a demon um now this is i love it it's it's got bet it's the special effects for 1957 are fantastic i think i was quoted when i reviewed it as to say it had better special effects than thor love and thunder um <laughs> The, it's Which got, doesn't shock me at no, all. <laughs> it's got Dana Andrews and Peggy Cummins in it. Um, we'll know Peggy Cummins from uh, best known for like Gun Crazy from 1950. Um, she was only 24 in that. Um, she's brilliant. Um, she she apparently she loved working with Dana Andrews as well on the film, and she became really good friends of him. Um, most importantly, to note, there's two versions of the film. So there's an American version and a British version. The British version is longer by about 10 minutes. So the British version is called night of the demon the american version is called curse of the demon um they the americans changed the name basically because they didn't want people to get confused with a film around at the time called night of the iguana um i mean <laughs> i know which one i'd prefer to watch iguana and demons are interchangeable apparently exactly um so yeah and, and I, I think in general jacks tournier is really just an underrated director um i would really highly recommend people go and watch uh cat people as well which is which is brilliant mm. um so yeah that that is uh yeah that's that's my favorite horror classic it's it's so good and again that's got an indicator i'm not endorsed by any of these by the way but it's got an indicator blu-ray release if you so you <laughs> want watch, like you should be <laughs> it's got it's got both versions on it with loads of special features so um yeah i would highly recommend that watch the british version though the longer one because it adds more context to the story so yeah there we go noted noted right um so we've got a few little two more questions and then we'll go on to listener questions okay we're running quite long doing well 
Mm. Um, Lots of films to talk about. I thought it was going to be a long one. And there's been there's so many that that I realised we're not going to speak about, which is just insane. Mm. Like there's so many franchises that we're just not even going to touch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, we might not touch. Um, right. So the second to last question. We're going to go three films, Kim, to get someone into horror. So if you had a friend that didn't really like horror, what three films would you decide to show them? Right, so I've tried to pick three films that have different things to offer, really. So my first choice is um, The Others. There is something in this house. Something which is not at rest. Almost a week ago, the servants disappeared. You mean they just vanished? Because it's not... I think it's only a 12 here. So it's spooky, but it's not terrifying and it's not gory. It's not violent. It's pure um, atmosphere and jump scare, which I know a lot of people who don't like horror don't like being scared, but I think some people don't like it because it's too gory or violent or anything like that. And I think this one is quite suitable for... Even like kind of young teenagers and upwards. I mean, I watched it when I was like nine, I think, maybe. I can't remember. Um, And I think it's a really underrated horror anyway, Uh, even though it was massive when it came out and it's got a a big twist. It's one of the best twists in film, I think, especially for the last 20 odd years. Oh, my God, Jamie. (laughs) as well. Yes. Oh, my God. I haven't seen it. Okay, well, I won't... I more than have spoiled it anyway, but I won't say anything. But it is... It is so well done and it's, I I think we've got a big lack of gothic horror today and it's kind of one of the last great gothic horrors of, it's a period, it's a period film set in, I don't know which war, I'm going to say World War Two because I can't remember, I've not seen it in a while, I'm sure it's like the 30s set in, Um, so it's got an element of kind of wartime paranoia and anxiety about it, um, and then it's just her two kids and then um, the the help. So there's like the maid. There's two maids and a gardener. It's just them basically um, in this huge, huge mansion and estate and all things going on. Um, but the scares are really subtle but really well done. So I think it's um, – even if you don't find it scary, it's a really well-made film. If you don't really like things to be too scary, then it's it's quite tame – yeah. But creepy enough to make it, you know, worthy no of your time. No one talks about it. Yeah, no one, no one talks about it. It's quite strange, really. I think it's such a good film. I think it's another one that I watched a lot when I was a kid and then I've come to really appreciate it as I've gotten older. And I think it's even getting a Criterion release. So it's at that level. Wow. So, Big time, um, I I'm kind of dying to rewatch it again for like the billionth time soon. But yeah, you need to watch that because it is... I think you love Nicole Kidman as well, so I'm surprised you've not seen it, to be honest. Um, But yeah, so that's... Are we doing these all in one now? You go, go, I go. You go, I go. So then, yeah. Okay, yeah. Gives the listeners some different cadence for them. Um, (laughs) Okay. Right then, three films to get someone into horror. Tom writes in and says, Scream is the most overrated horror franchise ever. I hate it. Okay. Wrong. <laughs> I've gone for Scream. Um, I've gone for Scream. Three films to get someone into horror. I've gone for Scream. Hello. 
Hello. Who is this? If you tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. The reason I've gone for Scream, it wouldn't be the first one I'd show them, but it would be the last one to really show them what horror can do. Um, we've reviewed that as well uh, last year for, for Halloween. Um, Scream for me is kind of the... I believe it's the the best overall round, well-rounded slasher ever made. So in terms of like, mm-hmm. it's taken everything that it's learned from all the other slashers and it's made the ultimate slasher it just gets everything right the casting the the twists and the turns it it basically just adds it adds brains to a, a slasher film basically um yeah it yeah everyone's seen scream and if you haven't you're crazy the the the, the thing that's amazing about scream is drew barrymore at the beginning like she's a, she's a leading actress at the time they've got her at the beginning and they kill her off within like within like 10 minutes and it's like wow like that's that's crazy like i thought she was going to be with us the whole film like mm. stuff like that and it's just brave and it brave it's so brave um, at the time though it would have been yeah it was you know 1996 and there'd been no good slashers for a long time yeah so the eight yeah the 80s was like the big slasher boom like massive and yeah there was just like loads of crap and it, it's funny because actually after scream we got loads of crap again because <laughs> it kind of was like, oh yeah, look, this is popular again. I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer. I found an email about what you did last summer or whatever the fad one's called. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's just like crap. So yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the film that I would show people. Although it is scary, it is scary. So if people think that horror is schlock, that's what I'd show them to be like, no, it ain't. Um, yeah. Kim, what's your second? So my second one is Let the Right One In. Yeah. So Which one? I, the original. Okay, good. So the Nor- Finnish. Uh, Norwegian. Finnish. I don't know. Maybe. Sorry. Scandi. You, you <laughs> Scandi talking, one. I'll find we'll go out. with that. By Thomas Alf- Alfredson. Are you a vampire? Did you think you were with Um, so again this is for one for people who maybe again similar to the others wouldn't normally go for horror as on a technical filmmaking level the film is beautiful I think it's an amazing film one of the best horror films ever made and it's so modern I think people don't talk about again don't talk about it enough on not just on a horror level but on a general filmmaking sense it's such a beautiful film Um, it's not overtly horror there's very subtle violence in it it's more about the story and the characters and um the relationship yeah it's a really lovely film and um i think the remake is all right as well yeah but i think that kind of leans more into the horror side um perhaps but yeah the original is i think i gave it a nine out of ten like it's that it's that good um 
and I think they're doing a they, they did a play. I saw the play of it last year, so I don't know if that's on like a cycle. So if you get a chance to see the play, same name, never seen that as well. Yeah, that's cool. Um, all based on the you know original book, but yeah, I think so. For the, anyone who's not seen it or doesn't know anything about it, it's about um, two young kids, like 10, 11 years old, who live in this block of flats, and um, one of them is a vampire, but the other one doesn't know. And it's about their relationship and they build this bond. And um, so the the kid who doesn't know, the boy, he's like relentlessly bullied at school and she's trying to teach him kind of how to look after himself and all that sort of thing while she's hiding her identity as a vampire while this father figure in her life is out there killing people to feed her, basically. And she's just trying to be a little girl and have fun, basically. And yeah, it's... I can't, I can't stress how beautiful of a film it is, to be honest. Uh, do you know what? It's funny, right? Because I always, um, when me and Kim speak, I've, I've often said that her and I have taken different paths in cinema. And it, this podcast, this episode really shows that because she's coming out with things that like I wasn't, weren't even really on, that I wouldn't have chosen or on my radar. So it's, it's good. And we didn't even plan to do that. So... <laughs> is this another one you've not seen or no, i've seen it yeah i've seen it oh, i haven't right, seen okay. it since i was at university though so it's definitely yeah. worth a re- rewatch um but yeah mm-hmm. no uh, yeah it's a, it's a great choice like there's there's a few in here that there's a few that we we're not going to mention probably not going to mention that like i think about all the time like a girl yeah. walks home alone at night which probably won't get mentioned because it's it's uh yeah there's too many good horror films no no no. okay good right so um three films to get someone into horror so i'm i'm obviously gonna go for the lost boys because it's not that scary there are scary moments it's about vampires it's fun it's it's a cult classic um and again we've reviewed it earlier earlier and the reason why these films are in in on the list is because three films to get someone into horror John ain't into horror, so I've been choosing these films to get John into horror. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's why we we chose uh, yeah the Lost Boys as well. Like I, I wouldn't describe it as a horror film. I mean, do I need to go into the synopsis? I will very quickly. So it's basically about two brothers who are moved to a I want to say Santa Santa something. It's a made up place, um, but they're moved they're moved to this place by by their mum. It's starring Corey Feldman. You've got uh, Kiefer Sutherland, and it's basically just lots of young people go missing quite often, or people a lot of unexplained disappearances, um, and it's essentially just a teen movie about vampires. And one of the brothers gets changed into a vampire, and it's about kind of yeah, just trying to get him back to normal. Um, yeah, it's, it, that's what else can I say? It's just. If you don't know what I know you're going to say it's not a classic because it's from the 80s, but it is a classic, you can't deny. With a great soundtrack, it's Joel Schumacher at it's his best. It is Joel Schumacher, yeah, isn't Joel it? Schumacher, yeah. At his best, like, it's a brilliant film. Yeah, it looks, it looks, it's a wonderful looking film. You've got that, the, the hues that jo- Joel Schumacher loves. It's just, it's well written as well. Like, everything about it, it's, it is a, it's a cult classic, yeah. A classic that's not from the 70s. Um, but do you know what? I'll allow it. A modern classic. We'll modern. Give it that go. label. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because when you think of the Lost Boys, it is a classic, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just. I'm. I'm. Uh, 
You don't have to change your, your definition of what, <laughs> what is a classic. No, never, never. Um, <laughs> right, um, what have you got, Kim? So, in a complete different tone to pr- basically everything else I've picked <laughs> for this whole day, um, for this whole day, for this whole uh, pod, I've gone for a horror comedy. So, for people who don't like anything scary, they just want something silly, but maybe it's a bit violent, they don't mind a bit of gore. I've gone with Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Excellent. Um, it's hilarious. I've watched it countless times. It never gets old. It's got a bit of metaness to it. So it's self-aware. It knows what it's doing. Whoever wrote it knows their horror, basically. So it's about two hillbilly best friends, Tucker and Dale, who just want to go and have a nice chilled out holiday in their cabin in the woods when all these teenagers turn up and start thinking they're terrifying when they're just wanting to enjoy a holiday and things just start going wrong and the teenagers start dropping dead and the teenagers think that Tucker and Dale are killing them off. So it's, yeah, it's got that meta level to it. It's self-aware. It's cracking jokes at all the tropes of horror and those typical Cabin in the Wood movies. Um, And it it allows for some very funny set pieces to happen. My favourite involving some bees and a chainsaw one of the funniest things in a film i love it i crack up and cry laughing i love it every single time but i won't ruin it for those who haven't seen it um but yeah i love that one a lot excellent it's a, i've not seen it in a very long time but i, I do enjoy it yes yeah, it's, it's, it is good fun <laughs> and it's, it's definitely yeah so short of the dead kind of that kind of tone isn't it a yeah a bit it knows what it's doing and it takes the piss out of what it's doing at the same time as kind of reinforcing it. So, yeah, it's a it's a good little parody. That's, yeah, the word I was thinking of. Excellent. Right. If this next film is on your list somewhere, we'll cover it then. <laughs> but three films to get someone into horror. I would show them Psycho from mm-hmm. 1960, Alfred Hitchcock. Good afternoon. Here we have a quiet little motel tucked away off the main highway and as you see perfectly harmless looking when in fact it has now become known as the scene of the crime. This motel also has as an adjunct an old house which is if i may say so a little more sinister looking less innocent than the motel itself and in this house the most dire horrible events took place is it on your list anywhere mm-hmm. it is oh <laughs> we will talk about it after um do you have any notable mentions for this um not specifically. I've got just a list of films that I wanted to talk about but couldn't fit them in. Um, so maybe something like, oh, The Descent is a great film. Would you But show it's very scary. Very, <laughs> so very... I don't know. But if people just want like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people talk about it, but it's still fairly left field. I feel like because it's British, a lot of British people know it, but maybe not American audiences or elsewhere maybe. I don't know. Um 
malignant i love it's not particularly scary it's just bonkers and silly yeah um very rewatchable i've watched it about five times now since it's come out i show it to everyone show it to my mom the other week doing something good he he knows what he's doing he's great he does um ginger snaps ginger snaps favorite yeah Yeah. i used to have it on vhs Mm -hmm. back in the day I've just ordered the pre-ordered the box set from Second Sight, and I'm very excited for that to come. Although it's still not out yet, so I've got to wait a little while. I don't have um, any Second Sight Blu-rays because they're they're all so expensive. They are. But I can't so stomach pretty. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the worst one was when I pre-ordered Drive, which was like sixty pound. <laughs> Worth just it. Like though, yeah. I can't afford it, but you get a novel as well. You get the book, and it's about. Oh, nice. I say that thick to people who can't see. It's about. God, three inches wide <laughs> to fit everything in it. It's it's beautiful. I've got a whole shelf full of them, but I've had to slow down lately because they're too much at the moment whilst I'm renting a very expensive flat. Um, the Babadook. I'm going to mention but that's that quite bit. scary. I'm mention so that I don't bit. know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my notable mentions were uh, The Craft. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Great The film. Craft. Jennifer's Body. <laughs> Um, which again is in the same kind of spirit as um, the Lost Boys kind of thing. Fright Night, which again I've not mentioned, but we've talked about it multiple times in the pod. Drag Me to Hell. Um, mm. Drag Me to Hell and obviously Evil Dead uh, because it's not that scary, but it's it's just crazy and fun and yeah, just a bit mental. So yeah, they're, they're all my kind of notable mentions for films that I would show someone that's not that scary. Um and now we're going to go on the last one then. So before we talk about the best horror film ever made, I think we should dive into some questions because there's so many. Um, we'll just quickly <laughs> go through it. And thank you everyone for writing in. Um, so let's go then. So we're going to go with um, Chandra writes in and she says, spooky books that were adapted for screen that actually did the material justice. So what books that were adapted for screen did the material justice or what films did the, what films did the material justice basically okay so i've not read a lot nor have i but i've got a few here <laughs> um so i'll i'll do a quick mention to rosemary's baby because uh, you've already mentioned that one yeah. but that because the book is so short i think there's not a lot to kind of cut out so that it was adapted pretty well and i think it was done very well but my favorite because I have tried reading it, but it's so long. <laughs> I never finished it. But on the same, um, with, by Stephen King, my favourite book of his, and I think a good adaptation is Pet Cemetery. I've not seen the original Pet Cemetery actually. Oh, I've heard it's you've great. got to be adding these to the list whilst we're doing yeah, I've this. Heard it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a bit. There's a bit of um, kind of hamminess to it, it's and remake. it's. Uh, oh, the remake is awful. I liked it. But the remake was alright. <laughs> oh, the original is a hundred times better. Okay. Um, but I think that's quite good. It misses out a fair bit, but it has got... Um, it takes the bare bones of a lengthy Stephen King novel who and he loves to go off on tangents and adapts it very well, I think. Um, so yeah, that was that would be my pick. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've just listed a few then. Um, so... One of them I'm not going to talk about, actually, because I realise it's probably going to be Kim's best horror film ever made. Um, so instead, I'm going to talk about uh, Gerald's Game. Mostly, most lot oh. Stephen King stuff. Gerald's Game film 
is brilliant. Like, I love that film. I've not read the book though, so I couldn't. I've not say. read the book, but I'm assuming <laughs> what I'm going to say. I'm assuming that it's a good. It's a good film, so it's a good adaptation, right? No. Well, it's whether it followed it, I guess. Well, yeah, uh, The Exorcist, um, which weirdly neither of us mentioned, um, Silence of the Lambs, which again that's a really good film to show someone that's not in horror. Cause I think it's pretty scary and pretty gory. And The Woman in Black, Daniel Radcliffe, actually underrated banger and yeah. thoroughly enjoy that um, i enjoy that one tom wants to know will the new exorcist be any good <sighs> i haven't seen so so i've seen the exorcist i haven't seen the trailer for the new one because i avoid trailers as everyone knows i've not seen exorcist 2 and i've not seen exorcist 3 so i'm also i'm just gonna say the new exorcist is probably not going to be very good why would it be I would say it's going to go down the route of a lot of sort of legacy sequels and be bang average. The Maybe trailer not. does a good job of making it look all right, but it cannot follow. I think the problem is as well, The Exorcist was the first film of its kind and there's so many possession movies out now that it's just done to death and yeah. it can never be as good. So I think what can they do to get out of that cycle really the only i think the exodus series was quite good the first season i saw that that i quite enjoyed that but yeah, yeah. exodus 3 is good though i would definitely recommend watching that i mean yeah it's, um, i mean it's on my list to watch but it means i've got to watch exodus 2 somehow you don't you don't need to watch oh, it they, like... i've not watched it okay it's un it's loose loosely related to the point where it doesn't matter okay good why um and then one final thing. Um, is it me? Well, not. we've got a few more questions. Is it me or is Saw X dumb for not being... A, is it me or is Saw X dumb for being a prequel when the lead actor is a billion years old? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. What they'll do is they'll just make him wear a backwards cap again. And maybe this time give him a skateboard because he's even older. <laughs> what? Have you, so How like, do we do, fellow kids? The memes, the memes... Is it Tobin Bell that plays him? It is, yeah. It? So Tobin Bell plays John Who Kramer. He must be like a hundred in this, but he, he's going back to Pavorsaw or two. Well, there's really funny, like there's this the flashbacks. So there's a really funny meme where it's basically there's a flashback in a Saw film, and the way they've made him look younger is literally by giving him a backwards cap. It's it's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. So um, yeah, I don't. I think Saw X is going to probably be not very good. Um, Ugh. But it is what it is. Um, right, so um, Vicky writes in and says, scariest horror movie type. So what do you find scarier out of paranormal, slasher, creepy kids, dolls, clowns, monsters, haunted houses, home invasions? What is What, what kind of film scares you the most? Um, I would say more paranormal, psychological type horror films. Um, the things that always scare me the most were like the J horror stuff, the things like the grudge absolutely terrified me when I first saw that. Um, Things that are kind of creeping up on you, but they're not a tangible thing. Yeah. The, the, a tale of two sisters, there's Mm. a scene with a bed. Oh my God. That scene. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I I would, I would say probably for me, it's got to be like paranormal or like haunted houses. So like, I remember yeah. sitting in the cinema with my brother watching Paranormal Activity when it first came out and I'd never seen it. 
uh, or even I, I think I don't think I'd ever even seen a, a held a handheld footage found footage film. Um, paranormal Activity in the cinema is absolutely terrifying. Like I bet it's re- so so incredibly scary, and I think that's the most scared I've ever been at a film ever. And, and the cinema really elevates horror for me massively. Got to yeah. see it in the cinema. I think that's the proper like audience film that one. Although yeah. when I first watched it, you know, back in the day when you used to have TV video combies. Yes, I had I, oh, one of them. Man. I had a silver TV video Same. combi. Brilliant. Same. And it, it came with me to uni and everything. Yeah, it, was about, it, was, it, was it lasted about, a long time. I don't know, um, 15 inches, horrible. Yeah, tiny, tiny, tiny screens. But I remember watching, obviously, with a plugged-in DVD player because it was in the noughties, but I watched it on one of them in a dark room. And at the end, there's no credits. It just goes to black. So then that tiny little screen just went off and left me in the darkness just like, oh, God, on my own, and I was so so scared. Really scary. Uh, home invasion doesn't ever really scare me. Like they're probably the ones I gravitate to. Like I don't know why. <laughs> I think that yeah, they're not scary. They're they're intense and suspenseful, but they're not. I think the older I get, so that sort of stuff gets me a little bit now because I couldn't imagine anything worse than someone breaking into my home and hunting me down or whatever. But yeah, because it's slightly more realistic. But in terms of actually making me feel really really scared i think the scariest film i've seen and it's not a great film is possum oh well patch will be so happy you've mentioned that so um he's written in and he said favorite low budget horror film um he keeps messaging about possum and oh i keep saying i haven't seen it um, it is horrible it. is it good yeah it's so it should really be a short film. It's not the best overall film in terms of quality. It probably could have been about 40 minutes long. But it's one of those really strange films that has such an off vibe. It's it's um I'm sure it's by someone who's involved with Garth Marenghi's Dark Place as well. So it's that sort of British, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um off kilter, a bit strange, but there's stuff in that film, imagery, the it's about this guy who has this weird puppet, basically. I've seen the the, the cover, the, the cover of it with like that weird spider yeah. and the bed. So I thought it was going to be a spider movie. <laughs> it is not at all. That Those spider legs have a weird, like, not even a baby doll face, but like a weird face on it with hollowed out eyes and mouth. It's really weird, like really weird. And there's just some stuff involving that puppet of it down corridors and like just on the wall. It's, I've never been so like freaked out and like not been able to look at the screen. And I, this was only a couple of years ago as well that I watched it. Um, yeah, it's a weird one. I really like couldn't quite get, I got through it, but it was a tough ass that one. I think the film not being the best kind of helped because I could kind of, take myself out of it a little bit but yeah it is it is so freaky <laughs> yeah i i mean it's on my list to watch and i promise i will watch it um but yeah just <laughs> i just just haven't quite got around to it yet and I, but i will i will i promise um right then so favorite low budget horror film then right so i my original answer so when you messaged me this question i was like oh i know what i'm gonna do but I realised I can't do it because it's not really low budget enough. <laughs> I thought it was. I was going to say Brain Dead, but that came out in the 80s and had about a $3 million budget. And I was like, oh, 
I want to kind of go like proper, proper low budget. Um, so I've gone for two. One of them is Paranormal Activity. Yeah. Because it was made for like $15,000, which for like 2008 or whatever it was, is tiny. And it made however much money back. And we've already said how much we enjoyed it when it came out. Um, and I also put Halloween, $325,000. Yeah. Best slasher ever made, probably. Yeah, can't I can't really look past that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I've gone... I could... Without mentioning, I don't want to mention any more, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute. The one of I've, I've chosen the Babadook by Jennifer Kent. I mean, that was made for two million, which I know is yeah. quite a lot compared to most but horror to, films. In today's money, though, it's not it's a lot. It's not that much. So, and, and considering the quality of the Babadook, um, I really, yeah, I, for me that that was so scary. Um, hmm. I love the Babadook. Uh, Jennifer Kent is just. In general, she doesn't really make that many films. Sadly, um, she's only no. made Babadook and uh, Nightingale, Nightingale, which is but they're superb. both great. Yeah, I'd, I'd just love her to work more. <laughs> um, <laughs> she might be doing other things. She might be working in TV. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I just yeah want to see more of her stuff because she's great. Um, mm. Okay, we'll leave the last couple of questions for the end then, and let's finally pick the best horror film ever made now i've got notable mentions but i think in my notable mention is going to be your best horror film ever made so kim what is your in your opinion the best horror film ever made this was a really tough one because i had to try i tried to take a level of objectivity with it but you can't really i'm gonna have to go with the shining yes and yeah, and he, I, I thought that was going to be yours. And it's it's such a basic choice, but it's basic for a reason because everyone thinks it's that great, and it is. And yeah. you know, it's famously not something that Stephen King enjoyed as an ad- adaptation of his, but his adaptation was terrible. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but it's yeah, I think you can't fault Stanley Kubrick as a director, really, and him going down horror he nailed it in one go and got out one of the best performances ever made ever in film i mean it was so the from from jack nicholson the the whole here's johnny moment mm. has has been up there like literally considered the greatest movie moment of all time yeah that when he's when he's coming through that door with the axe and there's and there's just there's so many parts of that film that 
even growing up for me, like I, I still think about, and the reason why I've not, I've not even mentioned the shining all through this because I had a feeling it would be your number one. <laughs> so I just like kind of kept away from it. I just, I think that the, the, the it's a haunted house film, right? It's a haunted house mm-hmm. film where a man slowly going crazy and his family. Are, I find the scariest things are when you mentioned it earlier on, when you've got a, uh, an, an isolated kind of place and you've got a whole family kind of people that are there and they're there and they're, they can't get away and they're, they're kind of, and there's no one around to save them. That is basically what The Shining is, isn't it? Mm. And that's yeah. why it's terrifying. It takes away, because I think one of the things, one of the tropes that gets a lot of people who aren't really into horror, like annoyed is stupid decision-making. Like, why wouldn't you go and call someone or why wouldn't you go and get the police? It's like films like this take that option away so you can't have those bad decision making or whatever they're stuck there so i think it's part of that and but i think aside from me loving the film it was a favorite for a long time i think no one even if you don't like the film you can't deny how much influence it's had on other films that have been made pop culture how much it's been referenced and stuff even down to silly things like the carpet being in toy story you know, everyone knows the twins. Everyone knows Red Rum. Everyone knows the Simpsons doing the shinning episode <laughs> on the yeah. Treehouse of Horror. Just like the 30 Seconds to Mars music video for the kill. There's just so much. Those twins terrify me. Yeah. As a like, kid, they terrified me. It's probably one of the films that everyone could say. It's got so many recognizable things for people who haven't seen it. And. Yeah, you yeah, just can't deny that. And I think that's kind of why I chose it, despite it being a super obvious choice. But I think you're probably, I think you're probably right. In terms of like, I do, I know it's like, it's hard to say objectively, but I, I do think in, the, in terms of the craft, the story, mm. the layers the film has, the way it's presented in the cinematography, I do, I think you are probably right. That, and I think that it's probably the greatest horror film ever made. I I, I agree. It's not mine. Yeah. Um, but I've got, I've gone for something different anyway. Um, the only one I would um, so the only one I would like to mention would be the notable mention would be The Exorcist. Um, yeah. Uh, just the reason being, I I would love to have been around at that time in the seventies when that come out, and it oh, was obviously yeah. banned, and you've got just crazy imagery imagine like so now we can just google something and it comes up any you can put anything into google and it comes up anything back then you would just have to see a picture of something in a paper or someone's drawn or you'd catch something on tv that'd be very just like sanitized but the exorcist imagine going to the cinema and seeing that and having never seen anything like it in your Mm. entire life I can imagine it would be mind-blowing at the time. Yeah. I always um, had a conversation with my mum about this because she, I think it came out in the cinemas when she was about 13 and she's told me how she used to go sneak into the cinema and she went to go see that and she just said, like, it, the way the audience reacted when it first came out was just on another level and then I think she saw it again when there was, like, no one else in there and it was, she said it was even more terrifying and it was just yeah a whole different experience to what we get in films today because it was the first time we had ever yeah yeah we'll never get to experience that 
I think it's like I was saying earlier, it's like it was the first of its kind and now possession movies are just never on that level, really, are they? Because they can't really change up and never beat that. No. Can they? So, yeah. God, you've got me really excited to watch The Shining again. I've seen it many times, <laughs> but I'm just really, I just really am dying to watch it again. I have it on no. 4K and I haven't seen it yet. I've got it as well. And um, I've got uh, tickets to go see The Exorcist in the cinema soon in october as well yeah, i was meant to go see it this remastered. weekend but forgot i'm not in manchester this weekend so i had to cancel but yeah i'm gonna go see it in a few weeks excellent well sorry about that noise that was the tap <laughs> can't even have a glass of water um right okay so i have down here and and i think maybe people might know my pick as well i haven't mentioned it yet um i think the best horror film ever made it com- for completely different reasons um would be uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974 directed by Toby Hooper Sally, I hear something Stop! Stop! This is the movie that is just as real Just as close Crazy! You gotta make Stop! Just as terrifying as being there even if one of them survives what will be left the texas chainsaw massacre after you stop screaming you'll start talking about it and i think the the reason why i've gone for this and this is only recently obviously i'd, I'd seen it growing up and stuff i think it's only maybe recently occurred to me just how good it is and how the £140,000 budget works for the film. Like it, it literally works for it. Um, so if anyone doesn't know the film, I'm sure you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's about a girl that hears that her, basically her granddad's grave has been vandalised. Um, so her and her disabled brother um, set out with their friends to investigate on this little bus um, and after a detour, classic detour, um, you say a classic detour, one of the first detours, right? Uh, <laughs> ain't none of your, none of your, uh, Hills Have Eyes detour. And um, so after a detour, their family, their family's like farmhouse, they discover like, um, basically a group of cannibal kind of murderous, like outcast type things. Um, and they basically get, attacked one by one by Leatherface who wears a mask of human skin and they've just tried to escape so it's basically them in this house being chased by yeah a guy with a chainsaw and it's it's absolutely horrifying mm. um it, it that is a good good shout that and i think it's another one of those films that I always feel a bit grimy after watching it it's, like it's yeah. not a nice experience but it's so well done yeah i think what it means to what it's done for cinema like is mm. is really like that the, the budget the, the fact that it's just the fact that it's it's made with no money and that and that makes it better because it feels real i i I've, i always yeah. say that i feel like it's filmed like a documentary almost it could yeah. be like a documentary because it's got like like yeah a, a bad camera <laughs> like and so when they've, they've just released it in 4k i haven't seen it yet i was actually quite skeptical about how that would look because would the if they've got a 4k and they've they've used dnr to like take away the film grain or whatever it's really gonna affect it for me personally like i, I just think it looks all the better for looking 
gross and grimy and yeah the, the, the scene at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre where he's just going crazy with the chainsaw on yeah. the street and he's like dancing with it almost oh what a film so yeah that's mine great choice mm. good choice I mean yeah I, I think objectively your film is The Shining is is a just a superbly made film like it's I think about it a lot um, yeah Right, we've got a couple of last little bits just before we go. Right, so um, Joe writes in for the first time. Thank you, Joe, for writing in. We appreciate it. Um, we appreciate everyone for writing in. We've got a, a myriad of writers in today. Everyone everyone writing in. Uh, and I've put it out really short notice as well. Um, Joe writes in. Um, maybe he's looking for some scary movies for him um, and someone that doesn't like scary movies. He said, what's your favorite non-scary horror? What have you got? So I, I've already mentioned it, but I, this was a bit of a quick one because um, I didn't um, I had so many questions. Like you said, I went with Malignant okay. <laughs> again because I don't think it is scary um, because it is so ridiculous. It's a bit weird and bonkers and things like that, but I don't think it's. I don't find it particularly jumpy or anything like that, but. Maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. I, so I think you might be pretty desensitized to all this, only because um, I tried to watch *Malignant* with Vicky, and she was having none of it. Like, <laughs> See, I, yeah, it's a tough one. So I, yeah, none of it. Like, because it is the, the bit in the house is quite scary. I, well, yeah, I guess so. Not for us. Not for us hardened people. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've got. Um, Brain Dead by Peter Jackson, which you mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. So I guess I guess if it's um, horror comedy wise, then definitely wouldn't have chosen Malignant. But yeah, Brain Dead's great. I'll, I'll second that one. Yeah, or Beetlejuice. Mm. I mean, it's non-scary horror. The first one that came yeah. to mind really was Hocus Pocus, but yeah, it's not even a horror, is it? It's like it's just a Halloween film. It's a Halloween <laughs> yeah. themed film. Um. Uh, favorite horror actors you wish would get more recognition? So I had um, one of them I've already mentioned is Kyle Gallner, Galner, who was in Jennifer's Body, Emo Kid. He was in Smile, which came out last year, The Passenger, which I mentioned earlier, and a noughties trashy film, Haunting in Connecticut. <laughs> I've not seen um, that one, but yeah, I've, I've seen it but, advertised a lot. He's become a bit of a, he's having a bit of a renaissance at the moment, becoming a bit of a scream king. And I think he's great. And he was really, even though I wasn't bowled over by the passenger, he was really good in that as a, um, as a dark character. And I think, um, yeah, he's, he's got quite a lot under his belt considering he's quite young still relatively. Um, and then I also went with Emily Perkins, who is in the It miniseries as Bev and Ginger Snaps as well. Um, she's not done a lot, so she, uh, yeah, she's not done tons at all. They're the only horror she's really done, but she's great in them, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I've gone for Tony Todd. Um, oh, yeah. And the reason why I've gone for Tony Todd, Tony Todd is, I would say, most famous to me for the Candyman films. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, but other people might say he's most famous for Final Destination. I just think that Tony Todd isn't really mentioned that people always talk about Robert England um, and they talk about uh, who's who's the other one um, never mind anyway Tony Todd <laughs> right, he's been in he's been in all the Candymans he's been in 
loads of the final destinations. He's been in The Rock. He's been in Wishmaster. He has been in um, Transformers. Platoon, he was in. And I just feel like no one... He's, he's great. And no one really talks about him much. He just isn't recognised in general. Yeah, I get what you mean. Because I feel like a lot of... Especially people who play big horror villains, that's kind of their only role. Like when you think of Robert England or whatever, like they might appear in other things, but it's usually like, a little, oh, is Freddie like a little nod to him? Or I can't remember his name. Is it Douglas something who played um, Pinhead in Hellraiser? Yeah. Like they're kind of only really known for that stuff. But he has done a lot, Tony Todd. And I, I love him. I say like, I appreciate that choice because I'm a big fan of his. But yeah, I agree. Like no one. Yeah. No one talks about him. And the only one that I had on my list, and people may disagree and be like, what are you on about? He's completely, like, recognised. Um, Anthony Perkins. Um, mm-hmm. Because the only reason I mention him is because, obviously, he's he's typecast a little bit because he was in Psycho 1 to 4. Um, but then he also did stuff like um, Murder on the Orient Express, Crimes of Passion, which is great. Um, so, but he was typecast a little bit, I think, but I think he has quite a good, he's a good range. Like he's, he's a great actor. Um, mm. when you, th- when I think about like, when I do think about Robert England, for example, like he is Freddie and he is, he was born to play Freddie and he's perfect as Freddie. But when I think about this stuff that Anthony Perkins can do, yeah, like he's, he's great. And I, I don't think he gets that much recognition really. So yeah, they're, they're my two. We've got one last question before we go. Um, right, so um, Carl writes in. I like this. I really like this question, and that's why I saved it till last. I mean, it's not like that. It, so I didn't prefer it over everyone else's. I liked it. Scariest? <laughs> no, that's wrong. Pff, that's another question we've already written out. And um, what's scarier? Find finally seeing the monster or never seeing the monster? I think I love this question because there's so many examples of both. It's a really tough one, it I is. think, because a lot of it depends on what you're scared of. And I think, and it depends what type of horror it is as to whether you should or shouldn't see the monster. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know the answer to the question, basically. Um, I think some films... If you've got a tight budget, don't show the monster because more often than not, it's probably going to be rubbish. Yeah. Use what you have and what you don't see is scarier than what you do. But if you've got all the budget in the world and you've got the best special effects people, like say like the thing, you know, show everything then because it's so effective and you go all out on it. But something like, oh God, I can't Insidious. Is on my I list. was going to say that, but I was thinking more low budget. But I was going to mention Insidious because I think it's good when you see him over the shoulder. But then when it's at the ending and he's there like sharpening his claws with the music playing, it's like I kind of get what they're going for, but it doesn't really I, I work. like Insidious, but it, like, that is a perfect example for me where seeing the monster is really not good. And, and yeah. that's been like, again, when I've watched films with people when they're like absolutely like shitting themselves throughout the whole film and then they see the monster they're like oh that's not very scary um, yeah it takes away a lot of illusion i think so i think it depends on what type of horror you're doing so like again the descent 
is that's terrifying and yeah. it's really creepy. But I think, yeah, if you're doing a big monster movie or something with like a weird alien, I think aliens can't aren't unless it's alien. <laughs> so I've got alien on my list of a good example. So we, obviously, with, yeah, back in the day in like in the, the, the 70s and 80s, you would spend a good like 40 minutes, 45 minutes not seeing anything. You'd see like you'd hear things and you'd see a tail or that kind of thing. And then in, yeah. I would say aliens a good example of like when you actually finally see the monster that lives up to the expectation you're like that is way worse than anything in my head like that is actually yeah. so scary and um, whereas like insidious when it's like oh my god what is it it's like oh it's a clown or like it looks like a big red weird clown like it's not scary it's at like all. darth maul with hoofs basically yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like exactly. it's t- it's i think I think the problem is, I think as well, like everyone who makes horror film thinks they know everything about horror. So they think like, oh, I know I can make a really good monster. But the problem is like, there's only one H.R. Geiger. Like he's the only person that could have made Alien look the way it did. Like that's not an everyday monster design. And it works so well because it's so weird and absurd and bizarre. Like the production on the whole film fits it. But anyone can kind of do a werewolf or a weird alien, like a yeah. kind of, you know, a robbery looking alien with big eyes type thing. But you have to have someone with such a strange imagination to be able to to design something that's going to scare the majority of people, I yeah. think. And that's where I think it's a really difficult. Yeah, Cobweb's a good example. That that I think that was something that I found quite scary when I seen it. Yeah, I think mostly until the very, very end. Yeah. I'm not going to say why, for reasons yeah. you probably know. It's just contortion, the, like, like contortion and that kind of thing. Yeah, makes me feel um, a bit weird, but yeah, it's a difficult one. I think it, there's a lot of factors, so I can't answer either way. Really, sometimes they scare me, sometimes they really don't. It's a great question, and and I think yeah, it definitely just depends on how the film's presented. But most of the time, yeah, I'd probably prefer to. So I probably prefer not to see it because then my imagination yeah. kind of takes over and my imagination, usually you would say that your imagination's way scarier than what anyone could ever dream up, you know? So it's... Uh, well, that's it as well. It, yeah. but for sure, I think that's why a lot of people prefer books to films because you can imagine, you can only imagine yourself what scares you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was our final question. We've been running for two hours, Kim. Um, with with minimal minimal editing, might I add? So this is good. Um, we've done a. Oh, I knew it'd be a long one, but that's that's great. Um, Kim, parting any parting words and comments from you? Do you want to promote anything? Um. Yes, I do. So as has been mentioned on previous episodes, I am co-director of Gasp Horror Festival in Manchester. We have got a second year. Granted, we have Coltplex up here in Manchester for June next year, 21st, 22nd and 23rd. Um, tickets don't go on sale until February, but submissions are open at the moment. So if you're a filmmaker and you are a minority filmmaker, get it submitted. Um, go to at Gasp Horror Fest on Instagram. And yeah, and if, if you wait for tickets, just follow us and then we'll let you know when they're on sale. And it will be great for everyone to come because last year was a lot of fun. Some very interesting films were were shown, and people loved it. Brilliant! I'm hoping to attend attend next year as well. Uh, Kim, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at kims.cinema.escape on Instagram. 
not Excellent. super active, but just about enough. <laughs> enough more than me, probably. Um, <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And Kim, it's always a pleasure to have Kim on because we just, yeah, just it just feels right. Yeah, baby bear <laughs> porridge. It's just right. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, as I said at the top of the show. You can find us at Movies in a Podshell. You can write in onto our email address, uh, moviesinapodshell at gmail.com. You can go onto your Spotify and your iTunes. You can rate us five star because guess what? We've even got a t-shirt that says it now. You, we only accept five stars. And if you give us any less, we'll set you on fire in your t-shirt. How would you like that? <laughs> we wouldn't. We would never do that. We'd never do any acts of violence. That's not very nice. Um, but we, yeah, again, find, find our t-shirts. We're, we're going to open the shop soon. There'll be a link on... A link on our Instagram that will be for a proper shop. Um, yeah, that's going to be fun, I think. Trying to do that out of my own house, just on top of my 60-hour-a-week uh, job. But <laughs> hey-ho, hey, well, that was, I'm, here for the, I'm here for the grind. I'm doing what, I'm, what I love. Um, Got your side hustle. <laughs> I won't be making money from it. I'll, just be do- I'll be doing it to just, yeah, for the crack. Um, anyway, thank you so much. Oh, we'll be back with episode 62 when John... Uh, gets himself in gear um, we're actually going to be doing a possession episode where we're going to be having the exorcist and we're going to be pairing it with possession which I've never seen which I've heard is mental um, oh god have you seen possession yeah is John, <laughs> John gonna love it just... <laughs> no okay cool no. <laughs> but maybe not for reasons you think it of <laughs> <laughs> right okay it's, it, it, yeah I, I can't wait to listen to that episode <laughs> well <yeah. laughs> okay uh that that's gonna be a great fun and so I've, i have decided do you know what i've i've had enough of him now and um, so i've just like i've let him in easy with with the jennifer's bodies and stuff so in and to be honest it's in honor of william friedkin so i wanted to do a possession episode so yeah exorcist and possession episode 62 there'll be a much quicker turnaround this time trust me um because yeah none of us are on holiday etc so yeah kim uh is there anything you want any parting words you want to give no you're good i just want to say thank you for having me on again for like the third time now you're our most recurring guest yeah hopefully that continues <laughs> of course it will yeah we, we'll have a great time i yeah. will always come back so thank you very much we love having you even on. though i've had a cold sorry for all the sniffles and stuff i'm sure the audience won't yeah as long, they won't catch it, will they? That's good. Um, <laughs> right, cool. Um, you're welcome, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. See ya. See ya.